Hey, are you feeling lost or confused about your journey after graduation? Have you considered taking a gap year? Introducing the Happy Gappy Project Gap Year podcast. Here, we'll talk about our experiences and insights with you. Stay tuned to learn our tips on navigating through the real world, as well as seeking life-changing opportunities before settling down with your desired path eventually. Now, let's get into today's episode. Hello, hi everyone. Uh, my name is Luis. Um, I run this organization called Praxium. It's a social enterprise, and I think our mission is really just to try to change the way we do education and learning. Lah. My work the past few years have really been about trying to shift and move the education system so that it's less focused on academics and grades and all that kind of nonsense, and focus a little bit more on what students themselves are interested in and the way you want to grow. So I guess that's a quick primer. Okay, so what does Praxium um, predominantly do as an organization? Traditionally, our main like business and area of work is to do career-related programs in schools. Um, you might have been familiar with having career talks in your schools. If you don't remember, it's okay because most of these talks are quite boring. Uh, what we do instead is we try to create and design simulations, activities, so that students can first-hand experience what it is like to be in different industries and to do different kinds of work. That gives them a much better sense of whether this direction uh, like say healthcare is something they really want to do or perhaps it's something else and talk's not going to cut it lah, so we do activities instead so that's where we traditionally run as a business more recently we shifted to do work direct with uh, public audiences most people would think like oh is that like tuition or enrichment courses and stuff like that uh, but it's not lah. so I think the program we run is quite different in a sense that it's clearly time-defined. So the current one that we have is called Project Head Start. It's a three-month program. And in these three months, students will learn like practical skills in like business, technology, and design. And in that three months, they will build and launch a project. And it's a real-world project. So kind of like how you guys are doing your podcast right now, right? And this program that we run is to help students to do things like that, but also help them figure out how are they going to make money doing that. How are they going to find corporate sponsors and supporters? How do they get experts who maybe radio DJs to mentor and support you guys as you build your podcast? But whatever it is, it's projects that students want to do. So our business is really these two aspects, schools and career-related programs, and uh, directly to youth in terms of supporting projects that they are interested to build. Has any of these students kind of like come back to you and shared feedback about how this helped? Yeah, actually, like, it's very timely that you ask that because just last week, uh, some of our past students, they came together and they ran this hackathon together. So they actually called it Hawkathon. So they saw that during the COVID period, a lot of hawkers were struggling to maintain their business and stay open. So these past students that we had, right, they thought, where better to find, like, capable, uh, skilled, passionate people than the program that we run? So they came back, they got together and they ran this hackathon on their own. They managed to raise quite a bit of money as prizes. They got over 50 different, 50 students and other participants to participate in this uh, hackathon. And uh, they just concluded the end of last week. So they have come back and then they are like doing interesting stuff also. Oh, that's really cool and how it kind of like all circled back to Rexon. What got you inspired to start an organization like Rexon? 
um, I think everyone in Singapore would have heard news constantly being said, right? That Singapore is the top in the PISA rankings, top education system in the world. But I wasn't very, I, I didn't really believe it. <laughs> I think that like when it comes to test scores and all that, maybe we do pretty well. But I think that at the end of our education journey, people are not necessarily more conscious of their world. They are not extremely capable. If Singaporeans were really so capable, we wouldn't be complaining about foreign talent taking our jobs. This might be a bit controversial, but if you really were so zai, if you're really so amazing, right, you would not be complaining about foreign talent. You would be able to land the job yourself. But that we have what we have. So I think that our education system actually doesn't measure the right stuff. And I think that's one of the reasons what drove me to get into this work. The very scary thing that we are measuring our education system, but we are measuring the wrong thing. So we score very high, but then it's not the point, missing the point entirely. So I think that's one of the reasons. Were there any other like personal experience that maybe really spoke up to you to inspire you to start up mm. an organization like Taxi? A more personal reason would be, um, I always did well in school actually, mm -hmm. so I never really struggled. Um, academically but what I did struggle with was everything that I was interested in was considered a waste of time so whether it's computers technology games software engineering programming design these were all things that were always considered extra waste of time distractions uh, I don't know if you've ever heard this from your teachers but I always got this input from my teachers that um, I could be doing so much more, I could be doing so much better. But all they meant by that was I could be scoring better. But to me, it's like, huh, I don't, I don't really give a crap about how well I score. I'm really more interested in like, the games I want to play and so on. And that's why I rejected all the, what, to be a prefect la, or student council, all those things that I didn't want to do because it took time away from things that I cared about. So I, I felt it's quite a big pity that throughout the whole education journey, like my interest as a student was not taken seriously. It, it didn't have space to live. And ironically, when I started working, right, it is all these extra experiences that I've had which really helped me a lot at work. Because when I went to work um, as a like, UX designer, this was right out of uni, currently it's like one of those hype trending jobs. La. But the only reason I could do all those things was because I was interested in technology and games since I was very young. And what people had to spend, like, what, four years in uni studying, I was studying ever since I was a kid, implicitly. So I found that to be quite a, a sad thing. Right now, the kids might be interested in things like TikTok and all that. And honestly, if you're a 13-year-old kid or 14-year-old kid and you can get 10,000 people to keep watching content that you create, that's pretty amazing. Lah. Who cares if you don't get A in your English paper? You already did better than what any of your teachers can do already. So why aren't we celebrating that and treating these things as distractions? So I think that's one personal reason why um, we, we ran Praxium also. La. I'm sure a lot of our listeners out there will relate to this point a lot also. So thank you for sharing about that point. So Louis, uh, can you share with us uh, some challenges you had along the way building up Praxium? Some challenges? Actually just now before the, the, this chat started, we talked a little bit about this idea of competitors. And... Actually, when the year I started Praxium, right, MOE said that they are going to start doing career guidance work. They were going to launch 
his career guidance initiatives. Every school is going to have career counselor and so on. And that was the year I started doing this work. Then I'm like, what the hell, man? So I, I, I did this damn like, stupid thing, right? When I think back about it, I went to write to the Minister of Education. I wrote to the Minister of State for Education and said, hey, like, I started this thing because I wanted to help uh, people to focus on their careers and things that they care about. Uh, then MO is doing this kind of thing. So I asked, what can I do? Like, how can I still contribute uh, when you guys are doing all this? Obviously, I didn't get a response. <laughs> um, but what I learned after that was that as much as the ministry or the systems or all these possible like competitors may exist, um, they may not do a very good job anyway. <laughs> so we can actually continue to persist and push for quality and push for our work to be done. And the fact that we will persist, right, is what helps us stay ahead. So I think if, if you want to talk about challenges, the challenge of having competitors is there. But that being said, the way you win over your competitors is to, to be better, lah, to strive to improve, to persist harder, and to build more connections and relationships with other partners as well. So you, you see many your place. And all that really can only come about if you have a much stronger, clearer sense of why are you doing it. But um, all of this work can only really persist if you have a clearer sense of what is your purpose and reason for pursuing that area of work anyway. Having a right mindset is really the key, right? I guess deeper than right mindset is to be clear on why are you even doing it. And if you're very clear, like you're doing it because you believe it is important and it's meaningful, then that's fine. Uh, I think if your motivations are, say, well, I want to make a lot of money, or I think nobody's doing so I want to do, I think motivations like that can waver because when you do it, someone else will eventually follow along, especially if you do it well. So you can't avoid competition. And if your motivation is like, say, to earn money and so on, then I don't know. <laughs> I, I feel like that's always very fleeting. So um, what would you like advise to the other youth out there who are currently in the middle of their education, they are lost about, they haven't found their reason yet? Okay, if you haven't found your reason, I think at the very least, you need to know that throughout your whole education journey, um, teachers and adults will tend to tell you to keep your head down and focus on what you have in front of you, which is your assignments, your homework, and your exams. But anytime you keep your head down and look at what's in front of you, you stop looking elsewhere. And there are all sorts of interesting places you should look. You should look outwards to see what's happening in the world. You should look inwards to see what you care about and what matters to you. But looking down at your work is not going to give you any answers. So um, I think that's one tip. Lah. And if you don't know your reason for being or whatever, right? it's something that will take time. It will take years. But you should feel a sense of progress. Like you are, It's like archaeology. You start brushing aside and then eventually you find a bone. And then you find a whole skeleton and you find a dinosaur. So it should feel like you're moving towards a direction. Um, and I would challenge you that actually all of you have this. All of you have that reason somewhere inside. You just might have pushed it down and ignored it. Maybe it's like being an artist, but then at an early age, someone told you that you cannot survive in Singapore being an artist. So you decided to put more dirt over that skeleton. But actually, maybe that's where your treasure is. Uh, so it's kind of like just to dig back, lah. what is it? Uh, do you have any advice on how to look for these kinds of opportunities or like how they, how they want to explore their interests? Mm. 
I don't have very concrete advice, but I do know that in our culture in Singapore, conformity is very common. So conformity means I don't do anything that my friends don't do, or I only do things that my friends do. Uh, that will not help you find your your spirit, your shape of you, your reason. Because all of that's going to be very personal, but the more you follow other people, the less that will be clear to you. Um, that being said, it's not going to be lonely. Lah, because once you discover a bit more about what you care about, you can connect with other people who have similar interests or similar motivations. Then you find your community and your tribe. Then you grow that interest together. If not, right, if you keep spending time latching on to your classmates or the people you, you are forced to in school to be together with, um, you end up just like hitching a bandwagon you don't really want to get on. La. Then at some point you got to get off, but the longer you wait, the harder it is to get off. I mean, like you said, the first step is always the hardest to take. Right? Based on uh, what we have experienced with uh, gap year also, we find that uh, at first the idea of taking a gap year might appear very daunting to the most of us. But really, once you step out of your comfort zone, take that first step, take the initiative to really pursue what you have always wanted to pursue, then things really get, I wouldn't say easier, but you get more fulfillment from doing that. And then, on the mental level, it gets easier also. I think with uh, taking a gap year, like what uh, Louis mentioned, is the prime time to really not look down on what's in front of you, but to look out and to look within. It's the time you have to yourself to really explore and the time you have to yourself to really look what is in your interests as well. Do you have any other words before we end the podcast? Yeah, I think that last point you mentioned about how the first step is the hardest one, it's very true for anything you do, but at the same time, for the sake of your mental well-being in future, I don't want you to think that it's going to be easier and easier. At some point, it will be, but the first step's hard. It might be the hardest, but the following steps can still be hard. But I don't want, perhaps I, the advice I have is don't focus on how hard is it. Focus on like whether it's meaningful or not mm-hmm. instead. I say that because every single story that you've read, every single hero that you've resonated with, none of them had smooth sailing lives. I mean, like Avengers, right? <laughs> like half the world had to be wiped out for that story to hit you and make an impact on you. So choose the path, right, which is not necessarily the easiest, but you feel is the most meaningful. Because at some point at the end of that journey, you're not necessarily boasting about well, how successful, how easy is it for you. Nobody wants to hear that. Nobody wants to hear how easy is it for you to get into this school or to achieve success. What they want to hear is how much shit have you been through? What made you crazy enough to do it? And how do you persist doing it? And then maybe where are you at at the end of that? And do you have any regrets? And the answer should be no lah. So I think that's much more meaningful and it's going to be different for everyone. And if you want to do a gap year, I think, I think gap years are pretty cool. Lah. It's getting more and more relevant these days to do that. Alright, on that note, we will end today's podcast. I really hope you enjoyed this very cool and interesting perspective. And I hope it's meaningful as well. May you think a little bit more about your future. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Happy Gappy Gap Year podcast. 
Remember, life's a roller coaster. It's unpredictable. So what are you waiting for? Take a breather, take a break, take a gap year, and find out where your passion lies.